Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Joseph Sinkovic, author of How to Kiss the Universe, Ms. Aida, author, psychic, spellcaster, and root worker, and witch, and you can find her at MsIeda.com, M-I-S-S-A-I-D-A.com. And this episode is being sponsored by Ginger Glasser. And you can find her at TarotByGinger.com. She is a tarot reader, evidential medium, and healer. And again, that is at TarotByGinger.com. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Phil Webster. He has a book out called Letting Glow. Spirituality and Living Consciously. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me on, Gary. Pleasure to be here. So what does it mean to glow? That's a good question. That's a first for me. Um, so it was kind of a, a the, the title was a little bit of a play on words. Um, I've recently suffered a bereavement in the last couple of years, and it was kind of a process of finding solace through that bereavement um, around spiritual practices. And yeah, so letting go, letting glow, um, just kind of what helped me get through the grieving process, really. Hmm. So, so it was a loss that spurred this growth period for you in this period of like wanting to inquire spiritually. Yeah, definitely. Um, my beliefs have changed throughout my life. I'm in my well, pushing fifty now, and I would say, you know, twenties, thirties, I came became sort of very cynical about things. I wasn't really sure what I believed in anymore. Didn't really believe in anything at some point, and it kind of came and went with various stages of life. Um, and then, yeah, two years ago, I lost my mom, and something happened the night before she passed away, um, which which I'm happy to talk about. Yeah, uh, which is how the book starts. I definitely. <laughs> um, and it was kind of a, it was kind of a, what I've put it down as a, is a mystical experience, mm-hmm. um, out of the blue, uh, which kind of made me reevaluate essentially everything, um, after the fact, you know, um, at the time I sort of dismissed it, but then the next day I got the call that my mom had passed and it kind of made me look back on other events that had happened through my life and kind of look at them from a different angle. And it just sent me down this big rabbit hole of, of looking into spirituality and in particular into medium, mediumship. Mm-hmm. And, and where did you go from there? Did you do use a medium to try to communicate with your mother? Yeah, um, it took it took me a while. I still kind of had a bit of a, I mean, I wanted to believe in that stuff, but I still had a somewhat of a cynical. There was part of me that was like, mm, I, you know, I'm still kind of on the fence about this stuff. And um, at the time, um, immediately after my mum passed, I was working. I was working on a on a big Marvel film. Um, for a few months and uh, I, I just decided to go straight into it because this was a, also at the tail end of the pandemic mm-hmm. so I hadn't worked for a while and I was really looking forward to this job unfortunately the timing of it was terrible but I was like okay I'll just get on it and, and I'll keep myself busy so I kind of kept my head down for a couple of months and this thing that had happened before my mum passed was at the back of my mind and I was kind of playing it over but not really know what to not really know what know what to do with it and um, and then I happened to speak to somebody on set who said, well, have you, um, have you asked for a sign from your mum? I was like, well, no, not really sure where I stand with all that. And then I did ask for a sign and then I got them like repeatedly. And, and then a little bit later down the line, I wandered past something called a spiritualist church. Uh, we have them a lot around here mm-hmm. in the UK. I don't think you have them so much in, in, in the US. 
Um, but there was a, a, a sign saying that every Sunday there was a demonstration of mediumship. So I took that as a sign and, and went along and, uh, yeah, the lady, just what she did was, was just undoubtedly, um, amazing, you know, and, and I got a message from her mum as well as somebody else that had passed. And that kind of sent me on this whole, this quest. So what was the message from your mom? Well, initially, I mean, I'd gone in there hoping to hear from her and, and I was still sort of feeling quite cynical about the whole thing. Um, I put all my social media accounts to private. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I've never done this kind of thing before. And I, I needed have, needn't have worried really. Um, I went in there and I just watched the lady work around the, the congregation in this small church. And everybody was confirming everything that she said. And then eventually she got to me. And then she brought through it somebody that I didn't recognize. She started talking about this young guy. And I was like, okay, well, I have no idea what she's talking about, you know? And uh, I was just thinking, okay, I want to hear from my mom, right? Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, she sort of went through all these details about this guy. And all of a sudden the penny dropped and I realized it was a friend of mine that had passed 20 years ago. And whenever things sort of fell into place, she was, again, she'd nailed it, you know, with the, the description. And it was fascinating. And, and I was still kind of a little deflated. And then just as she wrapped up, she talked about having a lady that had recently passed, um, which, which kind of got my heart racing a little bit. And, and then she just describes, you know, the, the sort of circumstances around when I'm passing and that she was all right. And, and, and what was really fascinating was the medium's accent changed completely. So my mum had like a bit of a Northern English accent, whereas this lady had a very, Cockney kind of London accent. And, uh, that was kind of the, you know, the deciding thing for me. Like, uh, it's the, her words were, you know, she spoke just like my mom. And it was very brief, but it, it was enough to, or to change everything for me, essentially. It, it was life changing. Wow. Incredible. So when you had that experience, then like, where did you go to reevaluate your spiritual beliefs? Like, what rabbit holes did you decide to d- jump up? Did you just go down? one avenue and like that was it or did you start exploring all different avenues of spirituality i definitely i definitely focused on mediumship um i i read a book by a medium called claire broad um i'm I'm not sure if you've heard of her she's got a couple of books out and she's really a really good medium and um and then pretty soon after that i finished that book which was a which was another odd just sort of um I, I'm not sure if I believe in coincidences anymore at this point, but when I opened her book, I didn't know where she lived in the world. She could have been American. She could have been Australian. I didn't know if she was English or anything. And within the first pages, the story she told took place across the street from where I was living at the time, hmm. which I was like, okay, well, that's <laughs> funny, right? You know, that she was right. She's, yeah, it all happened right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could, she, this book was just so random out of the blue, and, and I, I could look out the street, over the over the street and see the place she was talking about in the book. So I kind of felt an immediate kinship with her. And then weeks within finishing the book, she was uh, running a course on mediumship at a place called the College of Psychic Studies in London, mm-hmm. which is sounds as bizarre as it, as it really is. <laughs> um, so I went along to a course and we became, we became fast friends and, and I, I look at her as a, as a mentor. So she really sort of opened the door for me with this thing. Wow. So, after the course, were you able to do mediumship on your own? So I was open to it. And, and just sort of jumping back to that um, first experience in the spiritualist church, 
the lady, one of the things that she said straight away uh, and that she had, my friend said that she bought through, um, was that apparently I'm destined to be a medium. And, uh, I was like, okay, well, sure. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that on board, but uh, I'm not sure about it. I'm not, I, I wasn't actively thinking about becoming a medium at the time. Um, so I've kind of gone down that path now. Have I gone down it because she suggested it or because it was predestined? I, I don't know, but. I've explored it, um, and I'm, and I'm developing as a medium. Um, I go sit in a circle every couple of weeks. So where we practice and, and so far I've had a, I shouldn't put myself on the spot like this, but a hundred percent success rate, but very, you know, very early days for me. I wouldn't be, um, I'm not, definitely not calling myself a medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say I'm learning about it and, and I wouldn't be in the position to sort of offer readings or anything like that. I feel like it's something that you should practice for a very long time before, um, before you sort of put yourself out there with it. Right. I've interviewed quite a few mediums, and the ones that have done it the longest seem to be the best ones. Um, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, you say 100% success. Nobody really gets 100%. 70% is pretty high for any type of psychic ability or mediumship, from my understanding. Because, yeah, because of, it's because of analytical overlay. It's not because the message is wrong, but it's because we have our own thoughts that kind of sometimes get intermingled and it's hard to pull that apart. But that's very true. That's why that, that's very true. Actually, just only last night, um, I went to a place called the, the Arthur Finley college in, in London. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a sort of well-established uh, school where, where they, where they teach these kind of things. And I went along to see a medium last night. He was given a demonstration called Gordon Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of he, him. He's a, yeah, so very well respected, very good. He's very good with, he brings names straight away, places, street names, stuff like that. Um, I watched him last night and again, what he did was incredible. But the one, and not to in any way, uh, give any disrespect towards Gordon Smith, but even he sort of towards the end of it, um, and, and he admitted it that, okay, he felt like the energy was changing and, it, and he sort of closed it down when he sort of began to falter with the messages he was giving. So, so yeah, I guess it's, it's not, a hundred percent accurate um, practice, but just in terms of myself, I tend to get a, a couple of a couple of things, and I know that's all I'm going to do. You know, I'm not giving names. I'll, I'll sort of I'll see something, I'll give a description, I'll get a confirmation, and then I'm done. So I'm not really going any further than that. And and so far, so good. So, so what take what technique do you use to connect to the spirit world? So, so far, I've just been practicing with meditation seems to be the key. Um, I'm, again, very much a, a beginner with this and finding my way. And, and I feel that when I do uh, take a workshop or, or listen to somebody like Gordon Smith or, or James Van Pryor, someone like that, um, who I've had the honor of uh, learning from, I, I realize I know nothing about this. You know, I'm, I'm really right, right at the start. So for me... Um, so far, just opening up through meditation, opening up the chakras, and then just having a positive, positive energy, and and then just inviting the guides in and and seeing what comes up. Um, and then if I'm practicing with somebody, then I'll try and give them some information that I I wouldn't know, you know. And um, yeah, it's it's limited for me right now. I'll again, I I'm able to give a description of a of a of a person um, uh, who's passed, and that's pretty much as far as it goes with me at the moment. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it, de- it develops or if it develops. Fascinating. Um, 
I had a question. I already forgot it. Jeez, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, me too. Me too. But um, so how does this affect you? Like, so now you believe obviously in life after death. Like, you believe that people are energy. What do you think really happens? Like, what do you think? Why are we here as in a human form and they die and return back to an energetic form, but are still able to communicate with living people? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's open for debate, I guess. Um, interestingly, I live with someone like my fiance. She's, uh, she's agnostic, leaning more towards atheist. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we have like an interesting dynamic that she basically doesn't believe in anything that I've, <laughs> although she's been very supportive of the book, I'm not sure if she, um, <laughs> buys into everything that I've wrote. But yeah, I mean, I think I would say, go along the lines of a more traditional spiritualist kind of uh, belief that, that we're a, a soul or, or an essence that continues a consciousness and that this is just part of the journey, you know, uh, that it's an ongoing journey. Maybe our core is the actual all that is, and we're just parts of that, that, that come into this, um, you know, physical form to, to manifest the, the, the greater, the greater source, you know, individually, if that makes sense. Hmm. It does make a lot, a lot of sense. I mean, I read, obviously, we've done a lot of interviews on this type of subject. Um, so, you know, one of the things that you said is there's no such thing as coincidence, which I truly believe. Everything seems to be happening for a reason, and it certainly has some type of pattern to it. Was creating the pattern or whatever, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, there definitely seems to be so many. And uh, around all of this, the last couple of years, it... Yeah, I, I, it's it's one of those things. So so one of the things that I talk about in the book is is um, what I call demystifying the mystical, right? Mm-hmm. And and I don't mean debunking it by any way. I'm I'm very much pro mystical. Um, but but what I found is that you know we kind of use different language around this. Um, you know, people that don't necessarily believe in these things mm-hmm. talk about a gut feeling or cutting the air with a knife and and all that kind of stuff. And you know, whereas I might talk about it now as intuition or clairvoyance or, or any of those kind of things. Um, and I feel that when you open up to these ideas, you start to notice the these moments of serendipity or coincidence or what you might have called coincidence before, but kind of have a different lens on it at this point when you when you sort of start going into these things. And and they do seem to be so many there do seem to be so many that um are quite undeniable. Just just the the book that I was talking about by being like a I suppose a bit of a minor one but it, it's definitely contributed hugely to me going down this path and, and then writing about myself right out of the millions of books why would you pick that one yeah that's it and and you know I, I I've just been thinking lately because the book just released um the, the past few days and it kind of hit me that just going back to the the thing that happened the night before my mum passed if that hadn't have happened like it did then I probably wouldn't have even even looked into this you know what was it that happened so it was and and not to drag up the whole pandemic thing again because we're we're all sick of that right but um it was after she'd been essentially isolating at home for a year and i'm in london she was on a place called the isle of Wight, where i grew up um so it's a very small place where she lived rural and um like a village kind of vibe and you know and, and we were in the the thick of one of the 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 last lockdowns at this point. So it was the start of 2021 and I hadn't seen her for a couple of months, and, but we would FaceTime every day. So I, I think I probably spoke to her two or three times a day mm-hmm. and I probably had that day as well. 
And um, she was 76 years old. She had various age-related health problems, but I expected her to be around for a few more years, you know. There wasn't anything suggesting that, you know, she something bad was coming up. And we were chatting. That was, sorry, before we chatted that night, uh, when she answered the call, um, immediately I saw a man on the call. So she was kind of leaning in. She had her phone charging on the floor. And as she leaned in one side, there was a guy leaning in the other side, both of them like either side of the screen. Mm. And I could describe him. He had uh, thin and gray hair, um, glasses, and I would put him at around late 60s, something like that, kind of gaunt looking. And I was just taken aback, you know. Um, again, we were in a lockdown. I kind of know everybody around the area. Um, we didn't have any family down there or anything like that. I knew our routines, like daily, we were talking almost all day, every day. And I, I was like, okay, well, who the hell is that? There should be nobody there, you know. And it was quite late at night. It was 9.30, 10, something like that. And as she sort of picked the phone up, he went out of shot. And so I, I, I said, who who was that? And she was like, who was what? And I was like, well, the guy, like, who who was the guy that I just saw? And she just kind of dismissed it, you know. And and um, and I think I sort of grilled on it, her on it for a few minutes. And I could always tell if somebody was with her, and it was something that used to drive me nuts from when I was a kid. If I would call her and there was somebody in the room, <clears throat> her whole demeanor would change. She would speak more politely. I couldn't get, like, a straight conversation out of her. You know, it, she would sort of put on these airs and graces a little bit. And um, she wasn't showing any, doing anything like that. And, um, you know, I can't say 100% that there was absolutely no one else there, but I'm convinced that there was no one else there just knowing her as well as I did and her daily routines and, you know, that we were in another lockdown. And this guy disappeared. And, and then me and her talked for another 30, 40 minutes. And I was, it was still bothering me, but she just kind of dismissed the whole thing. She didn't show any signs of anyone else being there. No one said goodbye, anything like that. And I'm convinced that there was no one there uh, physically. And I didn't want to sort of press her anymore on it because it was a bit of a weird thing to talk about, mm -hmm. you know, that I just saw this guy, who's the guy, when she was at home alone. And, um, you know, we had the call and I, and I just kind of thought, well, yes, I was mistaken, even though I'd seen him, you know, even though I knew that I'd seen him, it just didn't sit in the logical part of my brain. Uh, and I wasn't into any of this stuff at this point. And we had the call and, and ended it. And then the next morning I got woken um, by a call from a neighbor that, you know, had found her and, and she'd passed. So it just kind of sat at the back of my mind for a couple of months until I, until I spoke to this person on the film set that said, well, obviously that was someone giving you a sign that she was about to pass, you know. And, um, and then I kind of, yeah, started getting into all of this. Wow. Who do you think he was? I don't know. Um, I did write in my in my book that I believe he might have been my dad. Um, but mm -hmm. as time goes on, I, I don't know if my dad passed or not, although I have <clears throat> had a medium possibly bring him mm -hmm. through since. I haven't seen him since I was 18 years old. But he could have fit the description of him at, at, at a later age, you know. Um, but I really don't know. Um, as time goes on, you know, your sort of thoughts crowd in and you second guess stuff and things like that. I'm, I'm convinced that I saw what I saw, but who he was, he didn't look like any family member that I knew that had passed away or anything like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, but he was, someone was there, you know. That's awesome. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I had an experience when my father was passing. I did home hospice with him, and I had a yep. baby monitor in his room, and he was constantly having conversations with people that already passed. And even yeah. sometimes they got talked to him and go, "Yeah, I saw mom last night, and she was washing her hair." You know, mm-hmm. even though she was already gone, like he was seeing all these spirits. Yeah, and I believe that he was actually seeing them. Like I don't think yeah. it was hallucinate a hallucination. I think they were coming and trying to help him move on. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you hear about that, and I mean, somebody might argue with me about this, but the, from what I've looked into when I when writing the book and all the sort of research I've done, people tend to never talk about people that are still alive. It's, it's usually someone, you know, family members that have already passed when they're close to that, that stage themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, a, an interesting... Um, you know, continuity with that, that that seems to be um, universal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a common story. Like when I tell people, people are like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's really common. I'm like, huh, you know, like, like obviously to me there's there's more to this. Um, yeah. So obviously your your book is a play on letting glow and letting go. So yeah. do, do you think one, like letting go, leads to – the other part of it and and like what is that like what is it about yeah um i i've definitely found solace through through the coming to the 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 realization of my belief that that we do continue and i have great solace in it although obviously i still really miss my mom not physically Mm -hmm. being here um it's it's and so i'll i'll get back to the original question but just you know, we, it's a, it's an interesting one with our parents because it's, it's kind of on the horizon. We know it's going to come at some point, mm-hmm. usually, you know, for, for, for most of us. Um, and you kind of think you're prepared for it, but then when it happens, it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, that person that's always been there since day one, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and sort of this alternate reality that they're, that they're not here anymore. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you can never really let go, I guess. And, and, and obviously that, you know, people have different relationships with their parents. I'm not suggesting that everyone is, you know, like have, has a great friendship or anything like that. And, um, I, I suppose that affects, affects the grieving process. But yeah, I, I've definitely found solace through it. And uh, I guess the glow part would come from just opening up to this, you know, um, meditation has been a big, a big help for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, when I was looking for a title for the book, um, I kind of went through, I, I put a lot of meditations in there and I'd kind of wrote it, that title in a sense, through one of the meditations and I thought, all right, that's a, that's kind of like a nice, um, spin on, you know, grief in a way. Hmm. Is that what the book is primarily about? Grief in, in life after death? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say that it, I'm just sort of, I document my journey along the way. One one sort of interesting thing for me is when I read it now, um, at the start of it, I'm kind of giving both sides to each thing. You know, even the stuff that happened to me in the past, like I said, it the the whole thing around my mum passing made me reevaluate other things that had happened over the years that I just that I dismissed, like I dismissed the guy on the on the phone call, and kind of made me look at them in a different from a different angle. Um, sorry, I'm losing my track of thought. But yeah, meditation as as kind of you know just the process of opening up and sort of inviting your guys in, and and the the whole sort of expanding your energy. That's kind of where the glow comes from. 
Oh, yeah, sorry, you did ask me about the grief. But yeah, it, it is um it, it's kind of my personal journey of grief. Um, but I'm sort of hoping that it people can relate to it, or maybe people that are have that have had these kind of experiences and don't really know what to do with them, um, that it could put them in some sort of perspective. I, I hope that it helps people that are going through um a grieving process mm. and and also to open them up to new ideas, maybe. I feel like it's a sort of a soft introduction to spirituality. You know, I, I definitely don't know all the answers and I knew even less almost when I was started writing it. So I'm hoping that the, the reader can sort of learn along with me and, and I'm going to turn these into a series of books and it will be interesting to see where the progression goes. It is a, a long process. I know when I lost my parents, the first four years were just crushing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it took like that long for me to even consider yeah, I don't yeah. know other possibilities. Yeah, it's for me. It's been it's just past the two year mark now, and I felt that something slightly shifted with the two year mark. Um, I feel that I might have. So it's a. It's a I was going to say something, but it's a terrible way to put it. I don't want to say fast tracks my way through grief, mm-hmm. but the, the book definitely helped. Like like sort of pouring this out and learning about these things. Um, and believing that we go on and, and that I've received messages from my mom, um, through this time. So it, I feel that it might have shortened the grieving process somewhat. I mean, obviously I'm still grieving, but definitely I, I feel, I felt a shift at the two year mark that I, I started to feel like a semblance of myself from before, you know, um, a little bit more of a carefree sort of attitude. The last two years have just been the world's lost its shine a little bit and some sort of, naivety or, or last remnants of childhood have been put to bed now you know even at my age i still felt okay that's done now now it's just me you know so it's um yeah i don't know you don't know till you know kind of thing yeah it, it's a weird journey i think it's also different for everyone you know yeah but that's why it's nice though they have all these different stories to read or to identify with because eventually you'll find one that's similar or if not exact to your own yeah yeah and that's it no i was i was kind of desperate to sort of find some sort of help through it i didn't go to any counseling or anything like that i remember looking stuff up online a lot and i definitely found some things that helped um but it's kind of it's such a strange process you know you'll have friends that mean well friends that haven't been through it that, mm-hmm. that are offering you advice is always a bit like, Hey, I, I, I appreciate it, you know, but, um, you know, a couple of months in and people expect you to be fine, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's not going to be that quick. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but you, what can you do, but go through it, you know? Yeah. Or you have friends like run away from you too. <laughs> They're like, well, that's Oh yeah. no, I don't know. even know how to, approach this so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i kind of talked about it a lot like a lot it's all pretty much all i would talk about for the first few maybe the first year actually um uh-huh. and yeah some people are just kind of don't know what to say you know and and of course you know it's it's, it's a it's an awkward subject mm-hmm. so after you know you, you, your main thing is mediumship but how do you feel the change your view on other things like such as spirit guys right the angelic realm or you know this idea that everything is energy and because it's energy it just it can't die it just transforms did any of the any of those type of things come into light for you 
Yeah, somewhat. I mean, the spirit guides things are something that I would have probably laughed at a few years ago. Me I hate too. to say, I mean, I'm, I'm totally stand by everything that I've read in the book now and, and what I believe in mm-hmm. and, and what I've experienced. And, th- and these all come from experiences. You know, it's not like I'm just kind of hoping that this thing is, is, is real. It, it's just from direct experiences. If I hadn't have felt that I've connected with guides, then I wouldn't put it out there. You know, I've definitely got a lot of friends that probably think I'm nuts, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I, I was trying to get the book out with pre-orders and stuff like that through friends and family. And I know a lot of people that bought it to support me are going to read it and be like, okay, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> but, um, but I stand by it all. And yeah, angels, I, I, I haven't specifically gone into angels. Um, although I, I guess people can talk as, uh, of guys as angels. Um, but I, I've, I'm convinced that I've connected with mine and, and I'm still getting to know them, but yeah, there's, there's something going on. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any experiences yourself with, with, uh, with this, um, with spirit guides, mediumship, that kind of thing? Um, I would say only recently have I, after doing this podcast and, and, uh, reading, you know, I don't know how many books, you know, I decided to give, you know, certain things a try, like, like, like reaching out to spirit guides and, yeah. you know, and it really took me like an act of desperation, like deep internal pain to really just crack whatever was around my heart open to be like, Hey, I need help. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just naturally not a humble guy, I guess. My ego yeah. is still pretty strong, but, oh, yeah. but the, but the help came. Okay. And, and, okay. and very quickly. All right. All right. Like that's I felt this very intensely. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, I could, th- there's another story in the book that, like I said, one of the things that I, I went back and looked at, you know, I'm just, I, I sort of go about my day to day business. I've been going to work I, I, for years, haven't thought of these things, but every couple of years, something would come up. And this is a couple of years prior to my mum passing prior to COVID, all that stuff. And um, I remember waking up one morning and just feeling like I was being downloaded with information, mm. which was out of the blue, you know, kind of in that state where you're half asleep, half awake. Yeah. Um, I think that's they call the time it. Time to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I've since, I've since learned that that's the state that you go into in kind of deep meditation, you know, somewhere, somewhere where you're conscious, but you're kind of more open. And, um, I remember waking up and definitely being awake feeling that something way smarter than me was just giving me this information. And as, as crazy as it sounds, the, the way that I sort of saw it at the time was a rainbow stream going directly into the uh-huh. top of my head. And I was kind of visualizing this as it was happening. And something was asking me, do you still want this? As, as though we'd made an agreement already. And I kind of flipped out. I was like, what, what's going on? I, th- this was out of the blue for me. You know, I was going to work every day. I wasn't didn't even know what a spirit guide was at this point, to be honest with you, or, or anything about chakras or crown chakras and all that kind of thing. Um, and I just panicked and, and sat up and opened my eyes. And all around me was this kind of glowing holographic grid, which, again, I don't know what was going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't panic or anything. I just kind of watched it and it just faded out. And I thought, well, what was that? You know, and then I was back to you know everyday life and and i i called my friend and i said like listen to this and he was like well have you been drinking last night or <laughs> you know and i was like no I, I don't know what was going on and he was like oh maybe you slept 
on your on your eye funny and you were seeing stuff i was like no it wasn't like anything like that <laughs> and and um i told a couple of people and they just sort of dismissed it and then i started googling it mm-hmm. and then um stuff about spirit guys did come up and 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 also talking that talk about seeing grids was something that i came across when i was looking into sort of shamanism and apparently grids was something that the shamans would talk about when connecting with spirit guides and this is this is a couple of years ago and I, I just sort of found it interesting and then thought well great but doesn't really mean much to my day-to-day life and sort of put it to bed and one again once again that was kind of one of those things that i then looked back on um in hindsight you know with with have i been getting these signs sort of every now and again all along and there have been other things too um and then i when, when i first went to talk to somebody at this college of psychic studies they were like well yeah yeah no that makes perfect sense that's your crown chakra that does connect with the the higher realms and that's where the information would come in and it sounds like they've been trying to get in touch with you for a while so i was like okay you know it's yeah it just got more interesting as as time went on hmm. when you see the grid thing do, do you now does your belief come closer it's like a, a holographic type of existence yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. That that's a that's a complete sort of beyond my 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 scope that that I'm sort of focusing on at the moment. But it's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I again, I when this happened, I kind of thought on it for a couple of days, and then I thought, well, I've, why don't I just Google this, you know? And and um, expecting that I was like, what what do I do? Type in that holographic grids upon waking. Like it just, mm-hmm. I was like, nothing's going to come up. But a lot came up, um, and and I, I sort of went into these forums where a lot of people were talking about this experience or, or seeing grids on the horizon, uh, looking out to sea and stuff like that. Um, and it did open up this whole you know holographic universe thing. But I don't personally know what to do with that. You know, yeah. I can I can sort of only talk about my own experiences, and and a lot of it is complete a complete mystery. You know, I, I totally believe in that concept mm. that that the whole graphic universe one and you know the reason i believe it is because a whole bunch of reasons like one all heavy elements that were made of came out of an exploded star you know yeah none yeah. of the elements that all the elements that make me up were once part of a star a sun mm-hmm. and that's kind of just wild in itself Right, but then all these particles of energy that were part of this sun are now part have somehow coalesced into what I see as me. But Mm -hmm. also, all these particles are part of this entanglement thing. You know, Mm -hmm. they're all connected to the universe essentially. And we know this scientifically about quantum entanglement and and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, to me, that definitely somehow points to a holographic type of universe in my strange way of thinking yeah yeah i think that's probably like kind of the only way that i'd be able to describe it like when i look into these things and and i'm sort of researching writing and i'll write it down uh it makes sense but to be able to just bring it off the top of my head i i don't know where to start you know <laughs> yeah that's the best i can really describe it too yeah yeah and, and you know you can experience it like in those waking moments or when you're falling asleep or or even sometimes if your eyes are just not even focused on anything, like mm-hmm. you'll kind of like look out the side of your eye or something, you'll kind of like things will be sort of shimmery kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been hearing that a lot around these uh these circles, yeah. People talking about that. 
or even in meditation. Um, somebody was talking the other night about seeing a, a sort of glowing light on, on the right hand side um, and asking me what I thought what that was. And I don't know if I'm quite qualified to uh, for answers yet, but um, yeah, it's it something's going on. Yeah, the universe is a weird, mysterious place. You know, yeah. it's and and for me too. One of the things that this has changed, you know, since I've been doing the podcast and and, and have you know gone down this journey a little bit myself, mm. is my priorities in life has changed. Have yours? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, I'll just go back to another experience, another story, if if that's all right. Yeah, go ahead. So few years prior to the to the last story and and i've got to just point out that again like between these instances everything's normal i'm not walking around like yoda or believing in this or that or you know you know i'm just getting on been getting on with work and and just very living a very practical life paying the bills worrying about bills all that stuff um so a few years ago this was 10 years ago and i was living in uh, helsinki in finland um and i was living quite a Maybe a, a, I suppose you could call it like a self-indulgent sort of lifestyle. I was I was running bars and clubs at the time, mm-hmm. and I just sort of fell into it through never really knowing what I wanted to do. You know, this job sort of came up out of circumstance. But along with that job come a lot of vices, and you're sort of working at night, sleeping through the day. You're sort of dealing with drunken people all the time, and and it, I developed kind of a cynical attitude around right. everything, somewhat. You know, um, I wasn't I wasn't in the best place, I suppose. And, and, uh, anyway, I remember again, waking up one morning out of the blue. Um, I was possibly a little bit hungover. I, I normally was in those days. And, um, just kind of got this sense that the time was, was, is not nonlinear, right? Mm-hmm. It just kind of hit me. Like, and it, and it was a, it wasn't a new thought. It was something I've probably thought of before, but all of a sudden it was this, as if something shifted as though I were thrust into it. All of a sudden, time just fell away, and and it was now, instantly, you know, and and I, and I couldn't switch it off. It was almost as though I were out of myself, and sort of looking down at my thoughts, and and just in this sort of alternate state where I was just witnessing what was going on here, like a higher, from a higher perspective, and all of a sudden, like thoughts of the past and and ideas of the future just sort of seemed absurd when I realized that all there is is now all the time all we can experience is this moment that moment just fell away where has it gone to no idea right and mm-hmm. and all it is is just like this memory and it all sort of falls away and it sent me into this blind panic and um I I can't explain uh how sort of intense it was and I know that people strive to have these moments and but it was it was out of the blue and overwhelming I remember just getting up, putting my headphones in, trying to listen to some music, get my clear my head. I went for a walk down by the sea, which was nearby, and it just it just wouldn't stop. Try to go to work, uh, I, I couldn't really function properly. I, I was getting overwhelmed, and I remember trying to tell people about it, and people were just okay, sure, you know, looking at me like I was going insane. And I thought I was going insane. Um, I didn't know what was happening, and and I went to a doctor. They used the word psychosis which terrified me even further, gave me medication, sort of anti-anxiety pills, which didn't do anything at all. Uh, sleeping pills, which would knock me out. But as soon as I woke up, this whole thing would start again. This now, now, now. And I couldn't switch it off. Um, I went to another doctor, same diagnosis, psychosis, albeit mild, because I was somewhat functioning and holding down a job. 
And it got to a point where I thought, well, if this is the way my brain's working now, I'm, I'm, I can't deal with this. You know, this, I'm seriously considering just checking out of here, you know, not to take things down a dark That's, path. I, I understand I that. I completely understand yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't even feel like it was a dark thought. I thought, mm. well, this is just logical. I cannot function like this. This is, this is, I've just felt completely detached from society. Um, and eventually I went to see a psychiatrist who was a hypnotist. And that's kind of what, a, what enticed me about him out of, uh, out of regular ones. And I thought, well, just, just hypnotize this away. Like get me back to, back to the herd and just, you know, just worrying about what's on TV tonight or, what I'm going to eat for dinner and stuff like that. I couldn't switch this moment of now off. And I want to see this guy. He said, okay, I can't hypnotize you. So we need like an anchor point, like a traumatic thing that happened. And it doesn't sound like anything actually did, but he did give me a lot of grounding meditations, which slowly sort of brought me back around. But one interesting thing he said was that he didn't believe that I was going nuts. He was like, you're, you're having what's known as an awakening, you know? And he said, you're awakening to real time, real reality um and he used the word mystic like called me a mystic and I, and I was like i just remember feeling almost awkward for him when he used that word because that just to me just sounded like again back in those days i wasn't thinking along these lines at all and um i thought well thanks but anyway just make this go away and anyway through the meditation exercises it slowly did and i and i sort of got back to normal life but going back to what you said in the first place was that after that experience, it, it once again made me look at everything else. It, it kind of smashed my ego to pieces, you know. Um, I was concerned for my mental health throughout the whole thing. And it made me sort of look at things from a very different perspective. Like I stopped sweating the small stuff. I, I didn't really worry about work so much anymore. You know, I was kind of focused on relationships and, and the people around me and, and, you know, having good people around me. And ended up actually indirectly moving to England uh, moving back to England, I should say, and uh, pursuing acting, which was something that had always been at the back of my mind that I wanted to do, but never seemed like a realistic thing, you know. And uh, and all of a sudden, everything kind of started to flow in, into into place, you know. And and that all came from what was arguably a, a psychotic break or a spiritual awakening. And and again, looking into these things recently, it seems to be quite common. Uh, somebody contacted me immediately after getting the book, and where I've talked about this story. And saying, well, that's the first time I've heard anyone describe what happened to me. And, you know, this person is fine. She, she, she went through this thing for a couple of years and came out. And it seems to be quite common. Um, and, and I'm not misdiagnosing. Uh, sorry, you know, I'm not um, trying to say that mental illness isn't a real thing. It absolutely is. You know, people have very real problems um, and, and need doctors and need medication, I would say. But it seems to be quite common that people have these kind of breakthroughs mm -hmm. that are misdiagnosed you know uh, and and when you look back into it thousands and hundreds of thousands of years ago um this would be sort of considered a rite of passage for for you know a medicine person in ancient times right you know they would go through this kind of spiritual breakthrough go nuts for a while come back out of it and then everyone would go to them for advice so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> All right, my rant's over. Sorry, I've been no, you know, I, I really enjoyed that because, you know, like I say, I've done a lot of these interviews, and I think the people that have really experienced, you know, a mystical experience, it one is come out of 
pain and desperation, or like in your case, like sleep deprivation and too many drugs and alcohol or whatever it is, you know, your, your psyche and your body reach this weird breaking point. Mm -hmm. And and then all of a sudden there's like a crack in, in your reality and you're like, What's yeah, now? like I've I've really screwed up now because right. <laughs> nobody sees this or hears this or can understand this, this mm. and <clears throat> and they start even feel more separate from reality and and the whole thing just becomes completely bizarre and and, and I, I know for me it still seems quite bizarre like is how's how this po even possible? Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. When you look at the nuts and bolts of it, it's like, this is absolutely nuts. Like, sometimes when you look at it from the right angle. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. Um, so what else has this changed in your life? Like, like, you know, do you even worry about things now or do you just pursue what pops into your head and trust 100%? Yeah, well, that's, that's, I definitely, something's changed through, through these experiences. Um, and again, I just kind of like, because I'm condensing them now into, a, into mm -hmm. this conversation we're having. Again, this is over a, an, a, an expanse of 10 years uh, with, with many years of living very practically, not even thinking about this stuff. It's just been the last two years that I've, that I've really opened up to it and it's been my main focus. But I would say that, yeah, those pivotal points there. They definitely made a difference. And, and I feel that, you know, things do tend to work out, um, when you focus on what, what you're going for. You know, um, I guess there's something to this whole manifestation thing, right? Um, I so. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, essentially that's what we do all the time, right? If you want to do something, you sort of visualize it in your head and then you put it into action, which is essentially manifesting, right? Mm -hmm. Even, even, you know, like a, a, again, a road in the book. If you want to make a chair, let's say you want to build a chair, you first you see the chair in your mind's eye, and then you practically put it into motion. And there is that chair in reality after just being a thought. So, you know, those guys that wrote The Secret or whatever, like it's kind of, I kind of get their point, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's as easy as just, you know, wishful thinking and, and hoping that a Ferrari shows up outside. Right. But I think there's something to it. I mean, things practically work like that. You know, any anything starts as a thought, you know, mm -hmm. any small business any conversation any argument uh, it all starts from from some this mysterious place that we come up with these things and um yeah so just in terms of my my own life i feel that when i've stopped sweating the small stuff and just decided okay actually that's i'm gonna do that that's gonna be for me i'm gonna pursue acting in my mid-40s and you know I, i've managed to pay the bills with it i'm not under any illusions of setting hollywood on fire <laughs> at this point but it's been all right. You know, I've managed to pay the rent and, and it's been good fun for a few years. And, you know, it, it th things have seemed to fall into place with this shift in perspective. Mm -hmm. What do you think the point of this is, though? Do you think the point of this is for you to become an actor? Or do you think that it, the point is for you to continue to pursue these mystical ideas and concepts and practices and help other people? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. And it sounds a bit, um, a bit self, um, indulgent to sort of, to sort of, but I mean, I, I, I would love it if that's the case. Um, the acting thing is definitely not something that I'm pursuing anymore. Uh, this book has taken my whole attention or this, the last couple of years have taken me in a completely different direction. Um, especially in terms of ego, as you, everybody can imagine, uh, uh, <laughs> 
that whole profession there were a lot of egos on sets and stuff like that and and the kind of further i've got into this i'm like uh, i don't know if this is really the environment that i want to be in anymore it's been fun pay the bills with it but my attention is definitely shifting more towards this um well towards the writing and and towards learning more about these these spiritual practices yeah yeah so in terms of what i think's behind it all i'm not sure but yeah i i would say that my life has definitely taken a different turn and um i'll be interested to see where it can go i i just kind of you know now i've got a book out there it's i just want to stress that i i'm learning you know and and uh if, if i can offer some guidance or help i can say what's worked for me and perhaps it works for somebody else do you think there's a global awakening happening I do, I do. You know, I remember having these conversations throughout different sort of periods of time when I, I did maybe lean more towards these things and went away from them for a good 10 years and stuff like that. Um, I remember trying to talk about this, say, like in the 90s. Um, you know, there were, there were definitely a certain group of people that would be open to this, but the majority, you couldn't even go near this stuff. And I find that now it, it, you can talk about this, like, um, on the, to the everyday person on the street, that people seem to have more of an awareness of it, even if it's not something that they sort of, mm -hmm. uh, a road that they go down. Yeah. Why do you think yeah. that is? Like, why do you think people are more open to this now? All of a sudden, there's more and more people like you and like me who are like, mm. you know, hey, you know, I, I don't know, you know, exactly what's happening, but I, I can understand there's more to, reality than what we're perceiving with the five senses and yeah. more and more people are coming open to like yeah that might be true they're, 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 they're at least questioning why mm. do you think that is do you think it's um just time for the human race to evolve or do you think there's some something else behind it i wonder i've never sort of thought about it in the i mean i'll think about it in a wider perspective but i've never really focused in on it how you've just put it. Um, I think there's definitely some sort of shift in awareness, but where it came from, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a mystery. I would say for me personally. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that there's, that there seems to be a, a, a soul evolution taking place. It seems like people are opening up and waking up to these kind of things. And yeah, just, you know, been able to talk about friends of mine with friends of mine, about the book and, and what I've experienced that don't immediately shut it down, even though they're the kind of friends that I would expect to. Um, and, and I don't know that they sort of don't go about their lives thinking about these things, but yeah, people do seem to be more open, but where it comes from, that's, uh, yeah, that's something I need to discover more. Yeah. I wonder, I think it's, you know, <clears throat> in my mind, I have a dick dad's like, like two ideas. One mm -hmm. is, you know, there's just more energy being pumped through the cosmos or through our sun or, or whatever it is that keeps our matter together yeah. or through the planet coming up to us. You know, that, that's one of the common ones I hear from other people. And then the other one is maybe just as human beings, we've reached our fullest potential as we can with materialism. Mm -hmm. We've reached the end of that because, you know, there's nothing left for us to experience or explore the material reality. So now it's just time for us to move outward because we're naturally curious beings. That's really good. I like that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me, actually. Because where else is there to go? You know, we're kind of, everything that we do, we've done it already, right? Physically mm -hmm. or, or the 
you know, you look at trends or, or any of that stuff, we're just sort of recycling things at this point, with the exception of technology. Yeah, I th- feel like we have reached some sort of peak. Um, I don't know if peak's the right word, but we have hit, hit some sort of wall in terms of how far we're, we're moving physically. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. We're a combination of the two. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. As what it, most things are is usually a mix. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I don't think any of these things have to be sort of exclusive to one sort of path or another. And and I feel that, and I'm definitely not a scientist, but I feel that science and, and spiritual sort of teachings are beginning to blend somewhat. And, oh, and, and uh, you know, yeah, and, and there seem to be so many scientists that are changing their mind about stuff. And uh, there's a few interesting books around at the moment, and the names of the authors escape me, that have completely shifted their their, their sort of principles away from what they're starting to call what they believe is that, you know, science is kind of almost religious itself in, mm-hmm. in how rigid it is stuck to these, these rules that, that don't necessarily make sense, you know, and, and open it up to more spiritual ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're moving further and further away from, we're moving, we're, we're breaking away from materialism now and going mm-hmm. into spiritualism. And I think that's one of the causes of all the conflict we're experiencing too, because there's people that don't want to, or, or even maybe cannot at this point break themselves away from this materialistic point of view, and I think yeah. that's some of what's causing the conflict that we're experiencing because they're really yeah definitely definitely in so many ways beliefs. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I mean, this country at the moment, um, well, many countries, right, with this whole cost of living crisis and stuff like that, mm-hmm. is essentially coming from people sticking to the old ways and, and hoarding wealth. And I'm, I'm not going to get political here, definitely not, but. Um, yeah, it's not working, right? Like the way that things are have been have been set up for a long time now. Something needs to shift. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think you know, it's this is an interesting time to be alive. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so, what what do you think? Like the core message is that you're really trying to put out there. Is it don't be afraid of death? Yeah, I I think so. The, you know, the more that I sort of go with this, and, and I believe that I've got more books on the way um, that, that are going to continue from Letting Glow. Actually, I have, I've, I've written a second one already, but mm-hmm. that's, that's another conversation, I guess. Um, and I believe that the, the further that I've gone down, that there are parts of what I've been writing, even in the first book, that when I look back on it, don't seem like they come from me, you know? Mm-hmm. And and uh, I'll read it later on and be like, did, did I really write that? That sounds like way smarter than me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And and I genuinely believe that it that it's come from somewhere else. Uh-huh. And as I wrote the second book, that became very clear that that it, it's starting to turn into more of a dialogue, um, which is interesting and way out there, I suppose. But um, I feel that the the books at least will possibly move away from mediumship. I feel like I, you know. Again, very much at the beginning of the journey with mediumship. And I definitely need to grow um, if I'm going to be a, a medium, which is um, what people keep telling me. But I feel that there's a, it's kind of a doorway to a bigger picture and along the lines of what we were just talking about. And yeah, some, something's going on. It, they seem to be going, the books seem to be going in a wider, wider direction than uh, just the kind of life after death thing. So... What is the second book? Well, where do you where, where are you going? What direction do you see yourself moving? 
Yeah. So the second book, um, is I just kind of really started looking into, there's a lot of history. I've got it right here, actually. I'm trying to look at the back of it just to remind myself what it's about. It's kind of like uh, expanding on the, the things that we've talked about, um, on time being nonlinear and, and I, I look into, you know, ancient mystical practices. I talk about uh, witchcraft and, and sort of how, how things were perceived back in those days. I really need to look at it to just remind myself. Um, I've been focusing on the first one so yeah. much. There, there's definitely a strong element of um, mediumship in there, but just kind of connecting with, uh, more about connecting with our intuition, I think, you know, and just sort of being really honest with ourselves and maybe what was our real core before everything else got in the way, you know, before you started sort of getting swept up in the everyday mundane. What did you really want to do when you were a kid? You know, if you went back and asked yourself, if you were being honest with your eight-year-old self, would that person be impressed with what you're doing right now? You know, like get back to that. Why not get back to that? You know, mm -hmm. and just kind of focus on the the real core of yourself, which I believe we're, you know, where we all come from. We get cynical. We we get caught up in this and that, but deep down, I feel that you know we're intrinsically good and you know want the best. I don't know how optimistic that sounds. <laughs> it's interesting though. Like, like you made me think. Like, what would my eight year old self? think of like what i'm doing my eight-year-old mm. self would be like man you gotta find a way out of the day job and just do podcasting yeah absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> yeah definitely definitely but the 55 year old self is like you gotta pay the bills <laughs> yeah that's it yeah i've got those i've got those letters coming in still yeah no i know what you mean but i don't know like in, in terms of that i just feel that we always seem to, I mean, obviously people have, have their, their sort of life situations and not everyone can sort of get out of uh, a, a crappy job by sticking a mood board on the fridge and hoping for the best, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I, I do, I do feel that there is something to the whole, um, you know, focusing on what's positive and sort of reconnecting with what were, what was, you know, you before everything else got in the way. Yeah. 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 And mm -hmm. I think it really starts with, with two simple words, which is I will. Yeah, yeah. You know, because when you say I will, you're directing your energy towards a goal. You know, you're, you're planting it in your mind, you're putting it in your subconscious, going to the superconscious, going to your spirit, it's going all the way up, you know. That's it, yeah. Yeah, and, definitely. And yeah. then there's just the simple process of doing the dirty work here in the material world to get to exactly. that point. Yeah, that's it. You know, I think, you know, there's definitely something to that. Like I say, I, I feel that just kind of declaring it or, you know, with affirmations is the first step. And, you know, it's not just going to simply come from that. But I guess once you get into that mindset, then you're going to, you're going to make it happen. You know, um, if you're, if you're, you know, convincing enough. Yeah. It takes a level of passion. Yeah. 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 Passion, definitely. determination. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, this whole book writing thing is brand new to me. You know, um, I'm not sure what to expect from this, uh, like where it will go, if it will go by unnoticed or if it will have an impact and, and hopefully, you know, um, touch people in some way. But yeah, I, I feel finally for myself after, you know, a, a pretty full life of not really knowing what I wanted to do, um, that I found, finally sort of found my path. Um, and I feel that, you know, that that seems to be almost like a common, a common factor with people that are sort of more interested in these things or are open to sort of spiritual experiences. 
that you never sort of found that, you know, I never wanted to be a fireman or, you know, a postman or, or no disrespect to any of those professions or anything like that, far from it. Um, but I, I just felt that it, it didn't seem to me that, that, that we should be sort of, uh, the, the, I didn't get satisfaction from that. You know, I've tried to focus on the job and it, it didn't, it seemed like it just a means to an end for me. There's yeah. never, I've never sort of found, um, reward in, in just sort of focusing on a career or making money for someone else. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. No, for me, it's been weird. This has been an obsession with me since I was like 12. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I always, I was always kind of like, Part of me would disregard it as entertainment. Yeah. You know, yeah. not a real pursuit. And mm. it's taken me a long time to really see this as like, this is a real thing to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, um, at least through this book, I'm starting to meet, um, you know, many amazing people like yourself that are, that are putting this word out there and, and it seems to be expanding. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. So, hey, I want to thank you for coming on today. And before we wrap it up, where can people find you and find your book? So I've just just started a website. There's not much on there quite yet. Um, that's philwebster.com uh, with two L's and Phil. And then I'm, I'm very active on Instagram with uh, the same thing, just Phil Webster. Um, I'm sort of tentatively starting a YouTube channel, but I haven't really put any effort into it yet. So, yeah, pretty much the, the website and, and Instagram are pretty much where I am. And then the book's available pretty much everywhere you get books. All right, cool. Hey, this was a pleasure. You want to come back and do this again? Absolutely. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, nice talking with you. You too. All right, well, it's been a great conversation. I'll put the links to your website and to your Instagram page in the notes of this episode. And uh, with that, we'll play the outro. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Anytime. Everything imaginable.